Hi, this is Gillian from Rest Reflections. Welcome to episode two of At Work, our fortnightly podcast on all things inequality, injustice and oppression at work. As you know, we work on questions, challenges, dilemmas and issues that you would like us to offer reflections and possible solutions on. So please feel free to get in touch if you have something that you would like us to address. So it's been very difficult to miss over the past week or so. As a black woman, I have found the treatment of Meghan Markle distressing and at times triggering. And women of color have been vocal in naming what has been going on. And let's be clear. It's not because we are royalist or monarchy stands, but because we recognize patterns of misogynoir, so that is racialized sexism, for those who are not familiar with the term, and patterns of racism. But what is really going on? What has been going on? Now, I am no monarchy commentator, and I don't follow the couple particularly closely. But I do know that Meghan agreed to do a tell-all interview with Oprah Winfrey, which many speculated would name her experience of racism within the royal family. And pretty much as soon as this was announced, Buckingham Palace shared amongst other alleged wrongdoings that it will be investigating multiple allegations of bullying made against Meghan. I think timing is material here and it is particularly material as we know what can happen when a person of colour dares to speak of racism. Indeed, we could say that it is rarely the case that they are greeted with flowers and chocolates. So what is going on? But perhaps even more to the point of the podcast, what is going on that we could learn from in relation to organizational functioning from this latest debacle. And this is what I suggest that we focus episode two on. So what's going on? This is a broad question and there are various ways to tackle it. But what I want to do is to give you perhaps some new perspective, some new concept that you can use to better understand what happens within institution and within group when a person of color in particular attempts to speak about their experience of racism in the workplace. So you've heard the story and perhaps you have even experienced the naming of racism. You attempt to speak of an experience that has been disturbing to you and all of a sudden something seems to happen. Perhaps you become the enemy, perhaps you are ignored, perhaps your loyalty to the organization and indeed to the country becomes an issue. Perhaps you are given the cold shoulder, but in any event, the end game is that you are in some way excluded, smear campaigns are not uncommon at all, and you go essentially from target to persecutor. 
So what is it that make workplaces or social structure claim overtly that we are all quote unquote for inclusion, diversity and equality, but then turn violent when their claim to inclusion, equality and diversity are challenged and challenged in particular by a person of color. The concepts that I want to speak about today are group analytic and they are firstly location of disturbance and the second one is scapegoating, which is essentially an extension of location of disturbance. So what is location of disturbance? The concept of psychological disturbance in group analysis is a way to view a tension, a conflict, or a dysfunction in a group. The location of disturbance is a way of understanding how an individual can become the recipient of unconscious projection, which reflects a wider group dynamic or a problem. Or we could say that this person becomes a blind spot for a particular organization or group. What is being said here is very important. And it is the notion that no disturbance can ever be confined or attributable to a single person or entity, but rather that the person who carries the problem or carries the disturbance, usually therefore the person who becomes disturbed is in essence the site or the symptom of a problem belonging to a larger unit. So group analytic thinking sees disturbance as group phenomena, as a self-protective mechanism, as a group defense that takes place so that the group can essentially maintain its ignorance or its sense of innocence in relation to its own anxiety wishes or impulses, which can then be projected onto an individual. And that individual is then at risk of becoming the scapegoat. So here we can see the overlap between location of disturbance and a scapegoating. So in the context of organization, it's not unusual, for example, for the person who attempts to name the problem to become the problem. Many have noted this dynamic, included Sarah Hammett, who is well known for writing about organizational or institutional dysfunction around oppression, around harassment and around racism. And this is a dynamic that she has herself written and spoken quite at depth about. So let us turn now to scapegoating. What is scapegoating? We've already seen that it is an extension of location of disturbance. We could say that scapegoating is something which is reproduced in groups, usually when one individual is unfairly singled out for blame for something for which they are not responsible for or not wholly responsible for. And that person therefore carries what the group disown, what the group is not prepared to hold, on, contain, or tolerate. 
why does scapegoating happen? There are various theories to make sense of the dynamic of scapegoating, but at the core of scapegoating, what we have is an inability to address some disturbance or some difficulty because it is simply too anxiety provoking, too overwhelming, we might say. And so therefore, for whatever reason, it cannot be faced. Within institution, some of the factors that are linked to scapegoating include a blame culture where there is a tendency to look for someone to blame or to locate faults in when something goes wrong, highly hierarchical cultures where power tends to be distributed vertically and where place and rank within the hierarchy or the organization determines your treatment and your right to speak or to take space, for example. Another factor which is linked to scapegoating is when there are stark inequality in relation to representation. So one person who belongs to a particular group or a particular demographic find themselves being the only one. So those would be people that tend to be referred to as isolate within group analytic thinking. And finally, the last factor that I would like you to bear in mind is stress or trauma. So highly stressed contexts, and this is perhaps often so when there have been or there are plans for structural change or for restructuring within the organization, particularly when those processes are poorly managed. What we can say is that in every case of scapegoating, there is displacement and there is misdirection of the problem towards a safer and usually, but not always, but usually more vulnerable target. Hence why there is a strong correlation between organizational toxicity, scapegoating, and the lack of equality. So what is it that we can do? As we know, at work is all about thinking together about possible solution. And of course, I'm talking here primarily from the perspective of an organization rather than the perspective of the monarchy. Because again, I am not an expert on the British monarchy, even though we do know that there is a large overlap between issues that happen within small group and issues that happen within larger groups. So I suspect there's going to be a little bit of overlap. Now, I am amongst those who believe that scapegoating is inevitable in groups, but you'd be glad to know that there are things that we can do to stop it in its course and to mitigate its impact. Here are a few suggestions. Learn about scapegoating, what it is, what it looks like, and expect it as almost an inevitable group dynamic, particularly if the factors that I have listed before are in place. Number two, when you see it, recognize it for what it is and name it. It might not necessarily be accepted 
as uh, being in operation, but it is important that toxic dynamic be named if it is safe enough for you to do so. Number three, encourage collective ownership of problems. As we have said, the core of the concept of location of disturbance is that the problem, the tension, the disturbance is a collective one. And it is not something that sits on the lap of one particular individual. So it's important to reflect on what everyone within a particular context may be responsible for when it comes to a particular disturbance. Finally, redirect hostility and anger towards the unaddressed cause of stress, of grievances, of dissatisfaction and of anxiety where they might belong. And most of the time, most of the time, they would be related to structural issues rather than individual factors. And most of the time, the disturbance will involve people in position of power. So I hope episode two has provided you some tools, some material to start thinking about what might be going on in relation to the national debacle around the treatment of Meghan Markle. But most importantly, because really this is the point of at work, that it has given you some new conceptual tool to think about group issues, particularly when difficult problems, when difficult issues are named and when racism is verbalized within group. Again, feel free to get in touch with your questions and queries and dilemmas. This has been Ghislaine from Rest Reflections. Until next time, please take care.